supplier diversity is not just about the spend targets. I think a big portion of the goal is around the broader impact that these programs can and you know will deliver more inclusion of broader set of diversity groups, you know, more of a greater impact to local economy, the jobs created, just greater opportunity for underrepresented organizations and businesses across various diversity groups. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. I'm Laura Gibbons, your host for today's podcast, and our guest today is Tarun Piri, Senior Director at the Hackett Group. I'll be guiding the discussion, providing context as needed. So today we'll be talking all about supplier diversity, an increasingly important topic in today's procurement landscape. To get us started, Tarun, let's talk about how the supplier diversity landscape is evolving. What would you cite as some of the most striking changes happening with these programs? Hey, Laura, thanks for the discussion today. I think it's been an exciting time. You know, personally had the opportunity to be involved with some of our research over the last many years. And I think when I reflect back to the last one or two years in this space, it's been a very, you know, monumental time for these programs. And certainly no surprise, as many organizations probably have seen the impact run home to their own organizations, is all the social reform and racial equality movements that really sparked the energy and support behind the growth and advancement of supplier diversity program efforts in organizations that certainly had an impact and has contributed to the evolution, a rather rapid evolution in many cases of the last year or so. I think companies are also, as a result, becoming much more intentional and purposeful about their programs. It's kind of caused them to have this reflection point in saying, you know, what do we really want to drive with these programs? Why is it important to us? And it's provoking conversations that's driving a little bit more intention and explicit kind of definition of strategy and purpose that didn't exist, even if programs existed on paper, but there was never really a collective purpose around it within the organization. I think one of the absolute biggest drivers on top of that is this greater interest and desire really at the highest levels and executive levels of the organizations to mature and invest in these programs. You know, a few years back, it was like the share of the stark difference where we had benchmarked organizations on the level of executive support they had and almost 60% of organizations that cited this was a challenge. Now we look at 2021, 75% report that there's a greater level of executive interest, you know, up to the board level in many situations around these programs. And so, you know, I think that is a extremely, extremely supportive shift and something that has been historically a very, I would say, difficult barrier for organizations to overcome. The other thing I would say is that it's not just about supplier diversity in many cases. It's also broadening to a bigger discussion around diversity and inclusion in the organization. And so in the past where, you know, you may have been trying to persuade and influence the supplier diversity agenda internally, the conversation was really within the procurement or supply chain scope of the program. Now, with a lot of the other contributing factors that I've talked about, companies are almost looking at their organization and saying, hey, yes, we value supplier diversity is important. 
But do we really live and breathe diversity and inclusion as a culture within the company? And should we also be taking a look at that as we think about our supplier diversity roadmap and agenda? And so all of these are really encouraging, unique, promising kind of shifts that are directly impacting the way we're seeing companies on a day-to-day build the strategy, build their roadmaps, and really thinking about operationalizing their program efforts. Yeah, thanks, Tarun. I think this topic and this function in particular has really changed so much in such a short period of time. You know, if you go back three or four years and you look at the scope of what companies are talking about supplier diversity, it was so much smaller. And now today, I mean, really, who isn't talking about this, even within procurement, outside of procurement, and like you said, all the way up to the the board and executive level. I also like the point that you made about broadening supplier diversity to really work with and align with enterprise diversity and workforce diversity and all of those other initiatives, because I think there's so much value that you can achieve in those areas. Since we're talking about the organization, what changes are you seeing in the way supplier diversity roles are structured and where they sit in the organization to support the diversity agenda? This is another area that's changing in a variety of ways. As a backdrop, I think it's important to keep in mind when you look at the population of companies at any one point in time, in terms of where they are with their program maturity in the supplier diversity space, it's a pretty broad mix. So you have companies that have had programs that have been focused on these programs, have the foundation in place, and are you know continue to look at penetrating where they can influence different categories and different areas of the business internally, where can they expand their impact to the supply base. But then you also have a lot of large organizations that have been looking at this for the first time, you know, really baselining their spend for the first time, defining specific goals for the first time. And then you have companies in between that spectrum. And so when you think about the roles that you need to support or organizationally, we're seeing certainly a few changes. One is that there's a blending of these supplier sustainability and supplier diversity roles into kind of one focused corporate social responsibility CSR or environmental, social, and governance, you know, ESG type of roles. And so companies really almost irrespective of whether you're had a historically procurement only program, or you're looking at defining your strategy for the first time, they're also stepping back and saying, is this something that needs to be exclusively just supplier diversity or really just fits in a broader agenda of corporate social responsibility or, you know, environmental, social governance. And we're seeing those companies that are building a broader strategy, also thinking about blending some of these roles where there's certainly going to be a procurement and supply chain agenda and scope, but it may not be an individual that sits exclusively within that function. And so when that occurs, we are seeing some organizations kind of lift and elevate that role into an enterprise level. Now, it could be an enterprise-level diversity group. It could be an enterprise-level CSR or ESG group. There's not a gold standard or the perfect place. I think it's just the positive shift in the fact that they are taking a role that's historically been only in supply chain and procurement and elevating it to align it to a strategy that is spanning the enterprise in a broader way. The other shift we're seeing is the level at which these roles exist. So previously, you may have had supplier diversity managers that drive these roles, but we're seeing companies really elevate 
this to higher level leadership roles, director levels, senior director levels, in some cases, you know, even VP levels that are overseeing diversity and sustainability and CSR efforts. And the reason for that is you look at the kind of executive interest that organizations have and the kind of impact they are aspiring for these programs to deliver to the organization. You also need somebody with the right level of accountability and leadership, somebody who is a peer to other leaders and key stakeholders that can drive a truly strategic agenda and can kind of see the program and the impact and contributions and aspirations from a truly kind of leadership strategic level. We're also seeing that shift, which is really promising, rather than this being more of a operational tactical role, you know, at a manager or senior manager level or director level, but again, for the purpose of just driving the operational goals. So we're seeing that elevation occur, which is really promising as well. Great. Yeah. I love to see the elevation of these diversity roles. I think that's a really great indicator of increasing in importance and really being taken seriously by executives. So that's great. Let's move on and talk a little bit about ownership of diversity and in the program. Through which lens do you see organizations approaching their supplier diversity programs? Are these still just a procurement or supply chain-led initiatives? And has the view changed at all in the last year or so? Yeah, it's uh, interesting when I hear the word lens, I almost think of being at a uh, doctor's office, you know, an eye doctor's office where you've got, you know, a variety of lenses to look at the chart through some small pinhole, some broader. And I think it's the case now with supplier diversity programs, the size of the lens, the nature of the lens, the aperture of the lens, whether it's broadening or narrowing, we're seeing a number of things happen, depending again on a kind of, I think, where organizations are in their journey historically and kind of where some of their aspirations are. For many companies, this lens will remain primarily focused as a procurement and supply chain initiative. And I think this is especially true for companies that may be dipping their feet into the water into these programs for the first time formally. You know, they're looking to establish some foundation within procurement and supply chain in terms of having the process, having a supplier diversity policy, you know, clear accountability in the initiative within the function. And it's certainly appropriate for that to remain within that scope. In some cases, even for those organizations that are young or immature or growing, it could still certainly be a part of a broader corporate-wise, enterprise-wide initiative. But there is still certainly a good faction of companies that this lens is primarily within procurement supply chain. For others, you know, we are seeing a notable shift in this conversation, certainly at an executive level and even at more broadly in the companies, to broaden the scope into a topic of ESG or CSR, as we were talking about previously, as opposed to just keeping it focused on supplier diversity. And I think when this occurs, oftentimes you're seeing the conversation isn't just about supplier diversity. You've got a equally important conversation happening around things like supplier sustainability. In some cases, that could even be more of the primary conversation in terms of what, what's driving the enterprise level agenda or strategy around CSR or ESG initiatives. And so when this occurs, you're seeing supplier diversity as part of this overall umbrella or tucking into even a, in some companies, we've seen it as being a sustainability initiative where supplier diversity is a part of the supply-based sustainability efforts. And I think there's no right way of semantically structuring it, but we are seeing that lens broadening in this situation where companies are looking at it from a bigger 
vantage point. And it's not just a component of supplier diversity that's part of the scope. Supplier diversity is one of several components that is part of that strategy. And so I think as companies, depending on what their focus is, what their strategy is, you know, are they looking at having a enterprise level sustainability program or not? And there's no best practice that it needs to be. Certainly from our perspective at, you know, at Hackett, we see a big value in addressing these components. They do address distinct aspects of the supply base. The broader CSR agenda is absolutely important. So wherever there's an opportunity to collaborate, consolidate those efforts, you know, it certainly should be done as part of one area. So I think it's a great reflection that companies are taking that on. And I think more broadly, supplier diversity, diversity inclusion, CSR, companies that are really driving the best practices internally are having that level of alignment internally, you know, within the organization with their enterprise level diversity groups, you know, with their enterprise level sustainability groups, where you talk about driving a culture of diversity and inclusion and sustainability. I think companies that do it extremely well, try to consolidate that messaging and that strategy, you know, within the organization to the top at those enterprise level groups as well. So there's certainly a benefit and a value we see. So one of the other comments around the lenses is not just the lens through which the programs are structured, but rather even the lens of the program scope itself. And historically, we've seen companies look at supplier diversity, baseline their spend levels, and then establish targets for where they'd like their spend to be, bringing in suppliers into, or diverse suppliers rather, into sourcing opportunities and expanding and increasing those spend levels. Certainly an important and kind of, you know, really core fundamental aspect of the programs. But I think one of the ways we're seeing the aperture, the the lens of the program scope itself changes, other things are becoming equally or even more important, like supplier development, like innovation targeted activities. And when we look at just the objectives that are driving these programs, you know, it's not just about meeting the CSR objective or meeting compliance requirements. In this year's study, we had almost all of our objectives be almost equally important, right? They were at least 80, 90% level higher in terms of their being rated as very high importance. Everything from talent acquisition and retention, access to new markets, or you know, new insights to technology and innovation. So I think the lens of the program itself is expanding, not for all organizations at the same time, but when we look at some of the commitments, for example, that companies have made to spend with specific diversity groups like Black-owned businesses or other groups, they're also realizing that in order for them to find diverse suppliers and engage diverse suppliers to actually meet these goals, they're going to have to go out and make a very conscious and active effort to invest and develop suppliers because it's not that they exist readily available in all categories. And some categories, even more broadly, any diverse suppliers across different groups may not be readily available, let alone if you've set goals for specific diversity groups, it makes it even more instrumental that you're actively investing in developing the supply base. And so I think, you know, when I think about the program lens, it has to expand. It is expanding for some organizations. Others will also need to expand it to focus not just on creating a policy, including diverse suppliers, but really thinking about what are all the things that you need to do to drive impact, 
defining your value proposition for the program, and then obtaining the kind of capabilities, funding you need. In some cases, organizations, you know, many organizations are allocating specific funds for that purpose of developing suppliers, having mentorship programs, having scholarship programs. And so just doing a lot of these things that are going beyond the normal kind of sourcing aspect of getting suppliers into the organization and giving them, you know, opportunity to win business, which you can then report in your diversity spend metric. So, so just another very important comment on what we're seeing as kind of the program lens change when we look at companies, you know, across the board. Those are the different lenses I'm seeing and our broader team is seeing organizations kind of view these programs through. So let's talk about what most people are really anxious for, and that's about diversity spend and spend goals. If you look back a few years ago, these were numbers that were nearly impossible to get at. And we've made a lot of progress in the past few years as diversity has become more and more important. Organizations are doing a lot better at tracking and understanding the impact that they're having here. So I think everything we've seen is really, really positive. Organizations have set some pretty ambitious targets, though, for program growth and diversity spend in the coming years. Do you think this is realistic? And what do you think organizations should be thinking about in order to achieve these goals? Yeah, I think when we talk about goals, this is a big shift. You know, by 2025, companies globally expect to increase their diversity spend goals by almost 50%. You know, when we surveyed our, the organizations with our study this year, median goals were around 8%. And the targets, again, from a median perspective, rather from an average perspective, are for both around 13% of spend. You know, it's almost 50% growth. So that's really, really huge. When I think about goals, I ask the question, you know, is it realistic? Is it too ambitious? Is it uh, achievable? And one comment is, I don't think this goal reflects where all organizations need to be especially given that some organizations, you know, when they look at their current spend might be 3%, 5%. But I think directionally, the nature of the growth, that 50% increase, I do see as a attainable target, a very difficult target, but attainable target. If many of the elements around the energy, commitment, investment, stay true to what organizations report as being kind of their intention, looking at the several years ahead coming, leading us into 2025. So this is not going to be, you know, an easy task and the effort it's going to require certainly cannot be understated. And I would just highlight that if companies really are genuinely committed to reaching that level of a diversity spend in their program, and again, you know, may not be 13% for all, but having a 50% growth relative to where they are today, there's going to be a number of critical success factors that must come to fruition. First and foremost, I think the thing that has really given all of this, the energy and and really a birth to a lot of this conversation is the important supplier diversity has had over the last 12, 15 months, you know, almost two years. And that absolutely needs to remain high. That has to be sustainable energy, sustainable perspective at the executive level. You know, it's not something that should have a short shelf life and all of a sudden dissipates into thin air. And you built a strategy at a time where there was a lot of attention from the executives into the board. And a year later, that no longer exists. That certainly isn't going to help with the continued level of investments and 
operationalizing of the program goals and you know aspirations. And so that is critical. And that'll be interesting to see how that fares as time goes on. Companies will definitely also then need to invest in the function, you know, keep investing in the resources, the process, you know, any supporting tools, third party data enrichment sources to support reporting and validations, memberships in diversity organizations, industry events. So as we look at investments, not just financial, but certainly also from a resource standpoint, process standpoint, that's going to be critical to continue to maintain. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the things that in the providers, in the service provider space with supplier diversity, there's also expected to be more growth, right? Tools and technology to support better supplier discovery, continued maturity and enhancement of reporting and enrichment tools and being able to find diverse suppliers across different diversity groups. And so all of that is expected to continue to grow and mature. We know companies are focused actively on that. And so those, as I would say, you know, those avenues have become more expanded. Companies should have more options to make those investments to assist their program efforts. The other critical thing is going to be engagement with stakeholders, both internally and externally. So internally, having a great policy, having a great strategy, that's great. But ultimately, it's about working with the category managers, working with the budget owners, you know, the key stakeholders to really insert supplier diversity program activity into the way you're engaging the supply base and what suppliers you bring into the organization's universe. And so there's a lot of you know active stakeholder engagement and building that credibility, building that brand, extending that messaging, doing all of that influence within the organization that's going to be critical for companies to do. Certainly not an easy task, especially you know realizing that in some cases, diverse suppliers may not always be the lowest cost suppliers, but we have an agenda that we want to support. Externally, you know, with suppliers, equally important, being able to engage with suppliers, right? Different diversity groups, making sure you're bringing them in in a meaningful way that you're making the right introductions, like the categories that need diverse suppliers that you want to expand the use of diverse suppliers. You know, those suppliers exist out there. And so there's just going to be a lot of engagement. And, you know, it's all about relationships at the end of the day when you think of diverse suppliers and supplier diversity more broadly. I think the other... Critical factor is going to be reliance on supplier relationship management practices. So this is interesting because when we did our, you know, 2021 key issue study, you know, SRM is an area that's typically one of the less mature capabilities of the procurement function. And when you think about all the dependencies supplier diversity success has on the supply base, setting these goals with suppliers, collaborating with suppliers, talking about tier two expansion is really reliant on diverse supplier support and their ability to engage diverse suppliers in their own supply chain, talking about reporting accuracy, just bringing in new suppliers, developing suppliers. All of that is going to rely on applying principles that are core to SRM and recognizing that that is typically a less mature capability area of procurement functions. It's something that companies will need to institute capability around, implement some changes and investment in training and having the skills and competencies within their own teams to be able to execute that kind of, you know, effective relationship management. Because a lot of what supplier diversity is about, a lot of the goals do rely on really robust, active, and meaningful kind of supplier relationship management activities. Yeah, the other piece is maturity of reporting, supporting tools. We've talked about, you know, easier supplier discovery, 
So it's a growing area. I do expect growth here. It's not uh, where it needs to be, but it's going to absolutely have a very important support role to play. If companies are going to reach this, you know, the kind of 50% increase or 30% spend goals for some. And the other, you know, reality I would just call on because I've had some conversations recently is that your supplier diversity spend is not always a progressively increasing data point year over year. And so sometimes you could almost take two steps forward and one step back in terms of having certain categories where you go out and you have an ability to engage diverse suppliers so your annual spend can meet your goals. But if those projects don't exist the following year or things that are in the sourcing pipeline don't present as, I would say, you know, ripe of an opportunity to engage diverse suppliers or it's difficult to find diverse suppliers in those categories, it can certainly impact the kind of spend you can achieve in that year. And so just understand, I think companies need to recognize some of the fluctuations that can occur. It's not always an upward trajectory for these suppliers. So when we look at 2025 and eventual growth to reach that, it may not always be just a linear growth and some up and down and, you know, ebbs and flows might occur. And so being prepared for that and recognizing and accounting for that as they think about sourcing pipelines. But I know it's a number of things and I'm sure I could list off 10 more, but it's really to highlight the fact that this is absolutely an ambitious goal. I think it's a really encouraging goal. But our organizations absolutely need to appreciate the kind of effort that's going to be needed to bring that to fruition. Yeah, I you know I absolutely agree. It's it's an ambitious goal, but it's also really encouraging. And you mentioned a ton of best practices and activities and tools that procurement organizations can use to really drive that number up. And I see that as such a great opportunity to make this a more approachable increase in spend, you know, whether that's starting with a tool and then moving on to networking or, or vice versa or whatever that may be. There's so many different ways to approach this and really just tackle the program or, or the idea of supplier diversity over a longer period of time. I've certainly had a lot, lot of conversations where this can be a, a daunting exercise to sort of start from scratch. But I think the reality is that there's a lot you can do early on when the program is more immature and just and work to really achieve those goals over time. And since you mentioned 2025 a few times in there, what does that look like to you? So let's fast forward a few years and we're in 2025 here. What does supplier diversity look like? What kinds of activities do you see people focusing on and, and where do you see the space? Yeah, uh, get my fortune uh, telling uh, you know hat on. You know, I think I just take a step back and think about all the energy and optimism that is surrounding the supplier diversity space today. What I would love to certainly see in a few years is that organizations continue to stay as committed as they are now to this program, to the cause. You know, it's still important to the executives and the board that they are actually seeing value and an impact in the community. And so, you know, rather if it's not just as important, but even more important than it is today, a few years from now, organizations are really looking at supplier diversity, not just alone, but as part of a broader corporate social responsibility or environmental, social and governance strategy. I think it would be great to really streamline the strategy with overall enterprise level initiatives. It would be great to kind of see some of these walls continue to lower with enterprise diversity and inclusion and supplier diversity and just how all of this is leveraging a lot of the same best practices. It's building a similar culture, you know, within the organization towards a supply base. 
And certainly I would love to see these goals come to fruition for, you know, these organizations, you know, not just about the spend targets, which is actually, you know, we talked a lot in, in our previous discussion around the spend target itself. I think a big portion of the goal is around the broader impact that these programs can and, you know, will deliver more inclusion of broader set of diversity groups, you know, more of a greater impact to local economy, the jobs created, just greater opportunity for underrepresented organizations and businesses across various diversity groups. And so when we talk about goals, you know, we, we zeroed in on the spend percentage, which of course is a important barometer of how I think many organizations measure success or progress at a minimum. But I think when you think about the value proposition of supplier diversity, it has to be broader than a metric and a, and a spend goal. And so I think one of the biggest things I would love to see is that broader value proposition take form in a few years where companies have a bit of that foundation. They have a cadence and a rhythm of meeting certain spend targets that are appropriate for their organization and their supply base. But more importantly, their program activity isn't just focused around sourcing opportunities and inclusion, including diverse suppliers. It's really focused, becomes more prominently focused on where can we make impact, right? Where can we engage in supplier development activities? Where can we enable innovation through the supply base and bring in some unique insights from diverse suppliers specifically that we may not have an opportunity to engage from a regular supply base. And so to me, I think a value in other areas outside of just spend target delivery or spend percentage delivery would be really a wonderful thing to see in 2025. And I think, you know, overall companies just you know maintain the commitment, maintain the the energy, you know, stay the course in terms of the strategy that they're developing. And it would be, you know, wonderful to see some of the outcomes in you know, our future studies that we certainly do and, and more anecdotally and just continue to talk to a lot of these organizations. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be really fantastic, like you were saying, to move from that that idea of just focusing on total spend with diverse suppliers to really focusing on What's the impact we're having and how can we improve that? So I think that's so optimistic to look forward to. And, and I definitely think that we're on the right path for that. I think overall, we've had so many great discussions talking about supplier diversity and the, the audience has grown so much over the last two years. All of it's been really great. And it's so fantastic to see so much more conversation happening in this area. Well, thank you so much, Tarun, for joining me today. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackagroup.com.